This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 3 for just a minute. Matthew chapter 3. I love the Word of God. Father, we thank you for the Word we're about to receive, and we receive it with gladness, and we thank you for touching every person, every heart, every life. Now, even though there are a lot of, we know that this is a day to salute dads, but, you know, we, obviously we have a lot of moms, and, a, and, and but we all had fathers on, <laughs> on this earth. It's two things, sure, we had a mom and a dad, and whether they were good, bad, or ugly, that's what we had. So, Father, today help us to hear from heaven and let it be a message that touches us all in some way. We thank you for salvation, deliverance, and healings for it in Jesus' name. All God's people shouted amen. amen. I wanted to start here for just a minute in Matthew chapter 3 where I kind of usually leave off when I preach on Father's Day. and This is when Jesus has been baptized in water and he's getting ready to launch into his ministry pretty soon thereafter. And... The thing I want you to see is is this was a simple act of obedience. Jesus, the Son of God, went down into the water to the Jordan River and was baptized of John. And it was something that was important. It was a step into his ministry. Everyone say a step. Now, guys, I want you to know that what God needs out of us, I'm going to say something to the men, and I'll be saying things like this to the men, but all of us can hear it, is God's always looking. Listen, God knows none of us are perfect. If you are a dad, I can almost assure you you're not perfect. And if you don't know that, you've probably been reminded of it by someone else, namely your kids. Amen. Uh, but what God is, God, while God knows that none of us are perfect, what he does want us to do is always be willing to take another step into what he has for us. And this is what Jesus did here. In verse 16, Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove upon him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, gentlemen, and I want you to hear this today, especially you guys, that you are a son of whatever your biological father was. Now, he might, again, he might not have been mine, not, not at all really a father, but, but you are a double son. If you are a believer, you are a son of your biological father, but you are a son of your spiritual father, of Father God. And you may have never heard, I never heard my father in all of my years, I never heard my father once say, I'm proud of you. I never heard him say, you're great, you're awesome, I'm so glad you're my son. Now he apologized to me before he died for not being a father to me. So maybe in his, the best way he could, he said a couple things to me. But you know what? It didn't matter whether he did or didn't say it because when I became 17, I became a Christian. And I began to experience the love of the Father. Uh And for the first time in my life, 
I felt like I had a father, and I really felt like I was a son. And, I, and I've learned something about God the Father over the years. You know, he's, God the Father praises me more than he rebukes me. Because God the Father knows how to get the best out of us. Now, whom he loves, he corrects like a son. It does say that over in the book of Hebrews. Oh, yes, I've been corrected by my Father God many times. But I've noticed he always encourages me. And I noticed he always, I may not hear these words, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But even if I don't hear those words, I can feel them down on the inside of me. Are you listening to me? Now, so I was, I was thinking about what am I supposed to say on Father's Day? I've preached over 40 Father's Day messages. What do I say on Father's Day? And the Lord reminded me of some things we've been studying on Thursday nights out of the book of Genesis. And, and, and we know over there in Genesis chapter 1, uh, it, it talks about how God, you know, created mankind. But today we'll, we'll, we'll kind of feature the man side of it, the male side of mankind. And I love what the Bible says. It says God created him in his image. In the Living Bible, here's what it says in verse 26. Then God said, let us make a man someone like ourselves. Gentlemen, are you hearing that? God was saying, let us make a man someone like ourselves to, do, to be the master of all life. Amen. It says in the Living Bible. Verse 27 says, so God made man like his maker. You have been made like your maker. Hallelujah. And what God wanted was for there, when the devil came, he was envious of what God had done because when he looked at Adam and Eve in the garden, he did not see a mere human being. He saw someone that looked like God. Are you hearing me? He saw, some, he saw someone that looked like God. So when I was talking to, to God about what am I going to preach on today, he said, I want you to call it a snapshot of the Father. A snapshot of the Father. And basically, here's what God did. When God got ready to make you and, and, and me, now this would be, it goes on to say, by the way, in, in the Living Bible, he made them man and maid. So that's male and female, just for all of you in here. This is for you ladies too. But today we're featuring the men. And basically what God did is God took a selfie. Are you listening to me? God took a selfie. God, hold on a minute. And then that selfie became living and it became God in the earth. Now, we're not, we're not big God, but we are little bitty gods. We're the little G because he said you're going to be the master of the whole planet. You're going to be the master of all the animals. You're going to be the master of all the seas. You're going to be the master of all the plants. You're going to be the master of everything. Are you listening to me? So God then took a selfie, if you will, in the garden, and, and, and the devil came, I mean, he was totally envious of it. But let's back up a minute. So when God had, first of all, made Adam, the male part, Adam, and made him and placed him in the garden, you know, all the animals came along. And, but, but I want to know, I want you to remember something. In Genesis 2.15, God gave Adam a job. Now, God said, I've, I've given you everything. Now, everything will respond to you. And you, you are going to be blessed and everything's under your command. But, but you're going to have to go to work. Are, are you hearing me? He said he put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it. 
So Adam had a job. Everybody say job. J-O-B. Now that's in Genesis 2.15. When you get to the latter part of Genesis, what you see is, you know, all the animals come and Adam names all the animals and then God puts him to sleep and says, Son, now I'm going to do something really special. I, you're, going to be, you're going to be the first and only man, and I know science has messed around with a bunch of goofy stuff since, but you're going to be the only man to ever be pregnant. You don't even realize it, Adam, but you're pregnant. And I'm going to put you to sleep because I'm going to have to deliver something out of you. And he delivered Eve out of the insides of Adam. Are you hearing me? And then he brought Eve to Adam, but he did not bring Eve to Adam to Adam had a job. Are you hearing me? Now, for all of you unmarried ladies, let me just kind of help you here a little bit. You're not looking for Billy Buttocks. You're, you're, you're not looking for Michael the Muscles. You better be, be looking for Jimmy the Job before you get anything else. Are you listening to me? Now, many years ago, I brought you in some pictures. I didn't bring them today because I, I just we don't have time for that. But we were in Myrtle Beach many years ago. I'll never forget it. I got up one morning. We were up on about the 10th floor of this resort thing we were staying in. And I went out on our balcony and, and I looked down on the sand and I saw they were doing a wedding on the sand. It just captivated. I took a lot of pictures. I, yeah, I don't have them today with me. But, but I took these pictures and, and, and I saw, and it was a pretty formal type thing. I mean, they had you know, the candelabra, they had, you know, chairs, and, 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 and they had all the stuff going on. And I watched as they all assembled, and then I watched, suddenly the moment of truth came, and I watched while, while the dad walked the bride down, down the aisle. I watched him do that, and I've done that twice. I have two daughters, I've walked them down the aisle before. And, and I watched him walk them down the aisle, and then it came the moment of truth where the, the preacher, which I've done this almost 400 times, he said, who gives this bride in marriage? And the father said, well, her mother and I. And then he says, well, son, to the groom-to-be, take your bride and come to the, to the front here. And of course, and, and here's what you have to, the moment that young man took that young lady's hand, he took on the role of a man, and he took on the role of manhood. Amen. Amen. And, 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 of course, the natural order of life would be then, of course, children are, are, are not going to be long after because we've never, even sinner men, sinner men and sinner women, have they, people that don't believe in the Bible practice it all the time. It's called being fruitful and multiply. And even people that don't believe in God are really good at following the Scripture on that one. Right? But now I want you to think about something else. So we have Adam accepting his responsibility as a man and a father in the garden and he takes Eve on and, 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 and now this is the first marriage ceremony and it is a precedent of what God wants marriage to look like. It is another snapshot of what God wants and the way he wants the order to be. And then something really interesting happens because the devil, he was already around when Adam was created, he was already in existence way before Adam was ever put on this planet. That's another story because he was probably ruling here at some point. But isn't it interesting that the devil never attacked until there was a marriage? We don't see him attacking Adam 
alone, but he waits until there's a marriage, and then he begins to, oh my goodness. Now we have not only the male Adam, but the female, and now they're in unison, and they're, they have dominion over everything, and, and he goes on to attack mode. Are you listening to me? So then we understand what happens after that. We know the fall of man. We know what happens. Adam and Eve do go on to produce children. The first children they produce uh, becomes just a horrible tragedy because Cain slays his brother. And, then, and it really sets the tone for the attack that's going to be on manhood, womanhood, and the family. And it's been here ever since the garden. Are you listening to me? But God, going back to manhood today, what I want to say to you as men is God knows how to build a real man. God knows how to build a real man. Adam messed it up, but Jesus fixed it. Adam, the Bible calls Adam, the one in the garden, the first Adam, but Jesus, the last Adam. And Jesus said, now I'm going to teach men, and I, today specifically men, how to be a real man. Everybody say a real man. Now I used to think, and I've told you this, because of being raised in a heathen home with no God and a really horrible example as a father, I used to think that a real man was somebody who, you know, chewed, spit, smoked, you know, drank, womanized, cursed, swore, and fought. I thought those were all the qualifications of being a man. And I looked at that list, and I sure didn't fit hardly any of it. I really didn't fit any of it. So for a while, my thought was I must not be a real man because that's not really who I am. But again, when I became a Christian, God said, no, 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 no. That's the world's version. That's not my version. That's, that's not what a real man really looks like. Because we're talking about a snapshot today. God said, I want to give you a snapshot of what a real man looks like. Go to Psalm 127 quickly. If you love the Lord, shout amen. amen. Now again, uh, I want to say this on the benefit of the women. Because we know the impression that men have on their sons. It's a very powerful uh, impression that men have with their sons. But don't underestimate the power of a man in his daughter's life. Now, I've got two daughters, and I'm telling you what, man, those, those two girls of mine, I mean, I'd do any, I'd kill for those girls. And gentlemen, if you have daughters, you don't understand how much daughters look to their fathers and almost always, not always, but almost always, they pick a man that has some of the attributes of their dad. And I mean, even if they're like this with their dad, ultimately it's weird, they wind up marrying somebody like their dad. Are you hearing me? Dr. Dobson said a good father will leave his imprint on his daughter for the rest of her life. So now, I know looking at this congregation, we don't have a lot of young fathers in here at this time. We've got some perspective ones, some young people that will be fathers. We have some that I see, you know, a few that are obviously younger than me. But remember what I said when I started out today, you never stop being a father. Now, I don't have the control over them that I had when they were in my house. I don't have the influence over them that I had when they were in my house. But I still have the power of prayer at my disposal. And that will be with me until I die or they die or we're both gone. All right. And don't ever underestimate as a father or a mother the power of prayer. That's why the devil will get you discouraged about the way your children act and get you frustrated where he'll even get you to quit praying for them. That's a lie from hell. 
I don't care how, how much you get frustrated with them. I don't care how wacky and crazy they get. I don't care how much they've hurt you and broke your heart as a child. Don't you ever stop praying for your children. Because you have a lot more influence in the spirit now. You may not have the influence in the flesh, but you have the influence in the spirit now. And you can do some. Let's read quickly. I'm sorry. See, I'm getting all wound up and I don't have any time. Psalm 127. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. They labor in vain that build it. we got a lot of people laboring in vain right now. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman uh, waketh, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early to set up late to eat the bread of sorrows. For he gives it for, so he gives his beloved sheep. Look at verse 3. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the room is his reward. An arrow are in the hands of a mighty man, so are the children of his youth. Happy is the man that has a quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So I want to just give you a couple little things here. Because a real man, what does a real man look like to God? A real man builds a household of faith. You say, but my children are gone. I wasn't a Christian when they were young. I didn't. But, but remember now, you can move over into the spirit and you can still build a household of faith in the spirit even though your children are grown and gone. Can I have an amen? amen. Somebody out there say amen to me. I can tell you online, that army out there is with me. That army is with me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, number two, real fathers see their children as one of their biggest parts of their success story. When, I, when I'm done, I, I, I learned how to be a good house painter. Okay, well, he was a great house painter. My, my, the man I worked for 20 years is still alive in this city. He would tell you if you talk to him today, uh, who's the best painter? And he's had hundreds of people. Who's the best painter you ever had out there? I know he would say I was or I was right there at the top. And that's not bragging. Okay, that's great. I was a great house painter. Well, I, being a pastor... I pastor a lot of people, and over the years, I've pastored probably 10,000 people. Now, it's amazing how many of them have divorced me, but, uh, but I pastored a bunch of them. Amen. Amen. Now, listen, if divorce is wrong and you can't preach after having a divorce, then every preacher would have to quit because they get divorced every day by their people. So, so just make sure you're slow to judge that. Amen. And, and, and I want to please God, and I hope when I'm, at, I'm done, God, you know, and people will say, well, he was a pastor, and he helped a lot of people. But I, I, don't, I, I know this, that my first responsibility and the thing I want to be known for the most is, you know, I want my children to say when I'm gone, you know, i got to admit, he was a good dad. He was a good dad. That, that's really what I want more than anything. Can you shout amen? amen. Now, uh, look at chapter 128. It's right after that. Blessed is everyone that... Fears the Lord that walks in his ways, for you will eat the labor of your hands. Happy shall you be, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of your house, your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, that thus shall the man be that, that uh, blessed that fears the Lord. The, the Lord will bless you out of Zion, and so on and so forth. Verse 6, you shall see your children's children and peace upon Israel. So now I know again that some we have, we have single dads. Not every dad who's a father right now has a wife, but I want to speak for, to those who do have a wife today that I have to understand, uh, number three I wrote down here, that real fathers realize their success would not be possible without their wives. Amen. Now, I'm standing on this stage. I get a lot of attention. And it's not all good, but I get a lot of attention. I get a lot of accolades. People tell me thank you and you're pastor this and pastor, and I appreciate every bit of it. 
But folks, every time you say it to me, trust me, part of that jumps over my shoulder and goes right beside me because it's her. Because without her, I wouldn't be who I am. It's amazing how many men, you know, go looking for another wife 20 years after they start the first marriage, after they got a little success, they got a little money, they got a little rank, or they got a little position, or they got a little career, and they decide it's time to go looking for another wife. And they forget the only person that believed in them when they were absolutely nothing was that, that woman. It's easy for anybody to join a train that's already going down the tracks. It's another one to join up with somebody that's got a rusty engine. Can you shout amen? All right. And then we found out in this verse here that real fathers fear the Lord, that the fear of the Lord to them is more important than the approval of men. In the sight of God, to be a real man is... It's more important for me to have the fear of God and he's my father than to have the approval of my homies over here. You know, listen, if you can't hang with me because I don't drink and I don't cuss and I don't swear and I don't cheat on my wife, then guess what? I'll pray for you, but go have a nice life. Because this is what I'm going to do. Can you shout amen? amen? Now, we won't go there because I have to close here pretty quick, but Proverbs 23, uh, verses 10 and 11 talks about how there are fields of fatherless people on, in the earth, and that is true. There are fields of people all over the earth, and they're fatherless. They don't have a father. And if you don't have a father, it, it, psychologists have discovered this. It is a natural inclination. If you don't have a father or you did not have a good father, you will spend your life looking for a father. Even if it's subconscious, you will always be drawn to someone. And I realize when I look back now, I realize growing up, I would gravitate towards, you know, certain men that would come along in my life somewhere along the way because I was always looking for that father. I was always looking for someone to father me. The Lord told me uh, five and a half years ago, he said the first 25 years you pastored your church, but now the next 25 years I'm going to teach you how to father it. So I realize now that my role even in this church has changed and I've gone through a transition where I'm learning how not just to be your pastor, but in a sense of the word to be your father, your spiritual father. By the way, 2 Corinthians 4, 14 and 15 says you can have 10,000 teachers, but you can't have many fathers in the Lord. These things are few and far between. So it's a whole different thing. But, but then it tells me then... It, once I learn a little bit about fatherhood, I am obligated by God to then somehow try to begin to be a father to the fatherless on some level. Can you shout amen? amen. Now, again, a lot of us were injured when we were early as young men. A lot of us or young ladies, you were injured because of the lack of, of your father or mother in your life. Someone said this, it's easier to build boys than to mend men. Because men, there are a lot of hurting men in the world. They did a thing I told you years ago. They had a in, a, in a prison, they had a thing where Hallmark was giving away free Mother's Day cards and they had someone show up that day at the prison with the display. And the lines for those men to get those free cards, it took them hours and hours because every man in that prison got a card for either their mother or maybe their grandmother that might have raised them or, or a female that raised them, but they got a card and sent it out. Hallmark came back the same, came back the next month, did the same thing for Father's Day and they didn't have a single prisoner line up because many of them had horrible fathers and many didn't even know who their fathers were. And what I'm saying to you is we can fill in a lot of gaps here. We can stand up and be real men. You know, I, 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 as I get older now and I've moved into being a grandfather and now a great-grandfather and, 
And I don't, I don't, I like that role and I embrace it, but I don't embrace it physically. Bless God, hallelujah. I'm a young man, praise God, you know. Uh, but I realize that I have a responsibility to help men find fatherhood, first of all, help men that are around me to find their fatherhood, and then second of all, to help them become father figures to people around them. Now, we're in this church today, and we are, whether you, whether you had a great father or not, or you're online and you're watching today, aren't you glad we have Father God? Amen. Um, John Maxwell told this story, I'm going to close with it, about a manager named Charlie Grimm many years ago. He was a scout. Uh, he was a scout for the Cubs, and he went out looking for prospects and pitching, and he found this pitcher. And this pitcher had struck out all 27 batters that he faced in this one game. There was one guy that got a hard foul, hit a hard foul ball off of him. That's the only one that even fouled one anything off. So he ran back and he said, man, oh man, oh man. He said, I have found the pitcher that you want. This guy, this guy's a great pitcher. I mean, he struck out all 27. He said there was this one guy that, that lined a hard foul off of him, but other than that, everybody struck out, and the guy said, I don't care anything about him. He said, what do you mean? He said, what I want to know is I want to know the name of the guy who fouled that ball off. <laughs> now, believe it or not, there's a pretty big point to be found in that because a lot of us think, men, we think we don't have much to offer God, but listen, you got something to offer God you don't even know. Every man on planet earth has something to offer to God as a man. God needs you, men. God needs you. If you're just the guy that fouled off one, then you're the one that... God has a bunch of these over here, these so-called hot shots. What God's looking for is a man who's up there trying and giving the effort and, and doing his best. And I mean, you don't have to be perfect to be used of God in his kingdom. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.